Christ. Our text today will be taken from the reading we heard in the book of Ephesians, along with these words from the book of Joshua. The Lord says, Have not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So far the text. You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, in your mercy, you have gathered us here today to receive your word and your gifts and the sacraments. And we thank you, Lord, that it is your word that sustains us and strengthens us to be courageous in this world of sin. We ask you now, O Lord, to grant us your Holy Spirit, to hear your word in faith, to make us strong and to make us courageous people. And I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts will be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Be strong and courageous. So spoke the Lord our God to his servant Joshua in the Old Testament just before Joshua brought the people of God, Israel, into their promised land. Now, this promised land had been a long time coming for Israel. Hundreds and hundreds of years earlier, in fact, God had found a man named Abraham. And God made a promise to Abraham. He said to Abraham, I am going to give you the land of Canaan to your descendants, and your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands on the sea, and they will dwell in the land of Canaan. And now, uh, since that promise had been made, there had been a great deal of history that took place for Abraham's descendants. In fact, we know that they spent roughly 430 years in the land of Egypt. And for many of those years, they were enslaved to Pharaoh. But we know the story, right? God rescued them. He redeemed them uh, from Egypt. He set them free and brought them out into the wilderness and was ready to give them the promised land. He gave it to them as a gift, and the people didn't believe. They refused the gift. And so God sent them off into exile. We call it the Exodus for 40 years. And for 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness. They wandered behind the leadership of a man named Moses. But now, Moses was dead. The 40 years were up, the exodus was ended, and Joshua was bringing the people into the promised land. It was time for them to receive the promise and to take all that which God had promised to them. But I have to imagine that before Joshua was about to do this, he must have had some level of anxiety. He had to have some deal of fear. Because it would seem that as you look at the situation, there is a great deal to fear in taking this promised land. As it turns out, the Canaanites, those who dwelt in the land, they weren't just going to hand it over because of a promise of God. They were going to fight. There was going to be war. There was going to be a battle, and there had to be fear with that. Further, these people that Joshua was leading, well, they were a hard bunch. They weren't always faithful to the Word of God. They didn't always trust the promises of God. They were prone to wander after the idols and the ideas of the culture and the things taking place around them. This is why they had to wander the wilderness for 40 years. Further, they were always grumbling and complaining and turning against God's leader. They constantly rebelled against Moses. And that's the last thing Joshua needed was the coup against him as he was trying to lead this military campaign. So it would seem that there was a great deal for Joshua to fear. But all those fears just melted away. And the word of God came. 
And God's mighty and strong promise gave Joshua the courage he needed. God said, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Here's the promise. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The God who spoke creation into existence by his word, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God who overcame Pharaoh and Egypt, the great I Am, was with Joshua. He was Joshua's strength, he was Joshua's courage, and God was faithful to his promise. He gave to Joshua and to Israel all that he had promised to give them. He was with Joshua. He was for Joshua. Strong and courageous. I have to wonder that if those words weren't sort of echoing in the back of Jesus' mind, when he, like his namesake, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus is like the Greek way of saying Joshua, uh, but Jesus, like his namesake, came up out of the Jordan River at his baptism. I wonder if he didn't have similar words echoing in the back of his mind, if he wasn't thinking a little bit about Joshua when he left the waters of his baptism to begin his own sort of exodus event, his own saving event for God's people. Only Jesus, unlike Joshua, wouldn't be leading people out of a wilderness. Unlike Moses, he wouldn't be taking them away from slavery to Pharaoh and Egypt, but rather he was saving them from the captivity of their sin. Jesus came to rescue his people from the slavery of Satan and to bring them into the kingdom of God. Not a temporary dwelling, but to bring them into eternal life. Just like with Joshua and the Israelites, this saving event sort of culminated, or I should say rather began, when Jesus came up out of the water and God spoke to him. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove, and the Father said, Behold, you are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Such a word from the Father was what Jesus needed to face the fearful mission he had in front of him. And once again, it would seem that Jesus did have, in fact, a great deal of fear. We remember the account, as soon as he comes out of the baptismal waters, what happens? The devil comes for him. And he's tempted in the wilderness for 40 days by Satan himself. When he comes out of that temptation period, he enters into a world where his own disciples don't seem to believe what he says. His family thinks he's crazy. The community he was raised in turns their back on him. And the very people he came to save love the darkness rather than the light that he brings. They love the darkness so much that they conspired together to find a way to crucify him, to nail him to a cross. And they did. But as fearful and terrifying as all of that might be, it was nothing compared to what would happen when he suffered the wrath of God. He died for the sins of the world. The physical pain was nothing compared to the wrath that he took, the wrath that you and I deserve. Such fearful prospects, which caused Jesus to literally sweat blood in the garden before his crucifixion, were not enough to stop him from enduring the cross, the book of Philippians says it this way, to stop him from enduring the cross and scorning its shame for the joy that was set before him. And what was the joy that was set before Jesus? Your salvation. Glorifying God and saving you. Jesus Christ did all of this for your sake so that your sins would be forgiven and you would be given the gift of everlasting life. 
For Jesus was the very Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world with his sacrificial death. And it was by that sacrifice that you, in fact, are forgiven. See, he knew he would suffer the wrath of God on the cross, but he also knew the promises of God. That God would raise him up on the third day and God would give him the name above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. And he knew he would carry it out all for you and your salvation. So that now in your baptism you have this promise. This promise that Jesus makes to you. I am your God. I am your Savior. I am always with you. And I am always for you. So be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. This is the call uh, that will come to Everett today. Everett Buckwalter, who right here is going to be baptized into the kingdom of God. And this call for, for strength and courage will not just come to Everett, but to his parents, Caitlin and William, as well. See, Everett, just like Israel and just like Jesus, is going to come up out of the waters of baptism. And that cute little boy, that cute little sinner there in that water is going to be crucified with Christ and raised to a new life. And all of the promises that we heard uh, from the reading in Ephesians today will be granted to Everett. We will know that God's choice was for Everett. That God chose to predestine Everett and to make known to him that he is adopted into his family in baptism. Everett, just like you and I in our baptisms, will be redeemed with the blood of Christ and lavished with the gracious love of the Father. In that water, God will make known to us his will for Everett. Just as in your baptism, God made known to you his will for you, to always be your God, and to be with you wherever you go. You see now this creates a responsibility for us as the church, just as it will create a responsibility for Caitlin and William. All of us here now have a responsibility to serve Everett, to remind him of this promise, this promise that will grant him courage in a world that would drive him to fear, because as it turns out, it would seem there's a great deal for us to fear in this world. Just like with Jesus, when he was baptized and came out of the water, the devil came for him. As soon as we belong to Christ and enter into his kingdom, we have a target on our back and the devil is coming for us. The world is constantly tempting us and appealing to us to, to try and take us away from God's word and to try and trust other ideas and idols that they would give to us. And what is more, our flesh is weak and we are prone to wander after these things. Everett will be no different. He will be tempted and he will sin and he will struggle. And that's a terrifying thing for a parent to realize. It's a terrifying thing for all of us to realize. And yet this is why God calls us as a church to constantly make sure the promises of Christ which give us courage and strength will be placed in his ears. Because you see, God makes a promise in baptism. He makes it to Everett and he makes it to you and me to be with us wherever we go. These promises, again, that we heard in Ephesians today, come to us in baptism, which say, you are those whom God chose to save before the foundation of the world. You are those. Think about this. You are those. Jim did a great job with the children's message for the first time in his life today. See, I, I can come for you too. Uh, no, they were all pretty good. Um, he, he chose, God made a choice. 
And you were the choice. He chose to send His Son to die for you before you were born, before the foundations of the world. He predestined you to receive the saving work of Jesus Christ in your life. He gave that to you in your baptism, and He's going to sustain it in your life as He feeds you with the very body and blood of Jesus in the Lord's Supper. See, your forgiving and saving Lord has brought you into His presence, and His presence is with you, and it is for you, forgiving you and sustaining you wherever you go. The saving God is with us. The saving God is for us. He is for you. And that never changes. See, this is very good news for us, especially in our lives where change, it seems, is constant. God and His promises are more constant. And they do not change. So be strong and courageous. Such words are important for us to hear. But I think there's, uh, for, <laughs> for Jim and his family, because those baptized, beloved children of God are now moving on to a new church. I saw Mackenzie here this morning. I hope this isn't news for you. This is something that happens, okay. Uh, 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 but they're moving on to a new church. And this, this can be intimidating, because there's much to be afraid of when moving on. You get to work in one place for the better part of two decades, it can be hard to start something new, especially at Jim's age, at a church that's that big with that much responsibility in Orange County with all of that traffic. This sounds terrifying. Maybe you should stay. I probably won't get my way with that. For it would seem that God has parted the sea for Jim and his family, as it were, and Jim, he has sent you now to proclaim his mercies in a new place. Huh. Just as he has done with you here for nearly 19 years, where you have faithfully taught our youth and our whole congregation to be strong and courageous. Now today it's our turn to say it to you. But if I could just say it this way, Jim, you have nothing to fear. For no matter what place you find yourself in, no matter where you find yourself located, no matter where it is that God deems fit for you to serve, whether it be here or it be Orange County, and now we know it's Orange County, you do so knowing this, that you are a baptized child of God. Which means you have this promise, and take this promise with you today from Ephesians. You have obtained an inheritance that you have been predestined according to the purpose of Him. Now here's the key who works all things according to the counsel of his will, including this call. God has placed you there to proclaim his mercy. This is his will for you. And in this way, you will bring praise to his glory. But you will do so as his child. For Jesus Christ has sealed you, Paul says, with the Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee of your inheritance, which you will acquire when Christ returns. It's a big, fancy Ephesians way of saying, be strong and courageous. For Jim, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He is always with you. He is always for you. So, dear church, be strong and courageous. You're baptized. And what is true for all the people we've mentioned here this morning is true for you as well. God has baptized you. Has not this saving God chosen you? Has he not saved you with the blood of Jesus Christ? Of course he has. 
He is always with you. He is always for you. So be strong and courageous and do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for the promises of baptism. That you are with us wherever we go. That you have sealed us with the promise of the Holy Spirit who will sustain us into life everlasting. Lord God, we thank you for the work that you have accomplished in our congregation. We thank you for the work you have accomplished here through Jim. And now we pray, Lord, that you would bless him and his family as they move on to St. John's to serve you there. Lord God, I pray uh, that you would always remind us, no matter what we face in the days ahead, no matter what we face in the world around us, no matter what attacks or temptations or trials might come our way, Lord, help our fears of such things to melt away beneath your promise. You are with us and you are for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.